Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I am Lucretia McCulley, Head of Scholarly Communications at Boatwright Library. Our faculty interview is with Dr. Daryl Cumber-Dance, Professor of English Emerita. She is the author of a new book, In Search of Annie Drew, Jamaica Kincaid's Mother and Muse, published recently by the University of Virginia Press. In this provocative new book, Daryl Dance argues that everything Jamaica Kincaid has written, regardless of its apparent theme, actually relates to Kincaid's efforts to free herself from her mother. Whether her subject is ostensibly other family members, her home nation, a pre-colonial world, or even Kincaid herself. Daryl, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. I'm always looking for an excuse to come back to the campus. <laughs> We're very happy to have you. So to start off our conversation, what inspired you to write on this particular topic? Well, I've always been an avid admirer of Jamaica Kincaid. I've taught her work in almost every class. I've taught in Caribbean literature, women writers. But I had decided I wanted to do something special on Ralph Ellison and Alice Walker. And in 1998, I got a sabbatical specifically for that project on them. But before I could get started, I read an article that Jamaica Kincaid had written. Her mother had been dead about 10 years then. And this was a short article in AARP, just a few pages. But it was just amazing to me that this well-established author, this highly, this author who has received so many awards, could not get over her mother's death and was still constantly worrying about how to adjust to it, how to uh, how she would deal with eternity if she had to spend it with her mother, whether she is the kind of mother that her mother was. And I just had to find out more about this mother. Suddenly I felt a need to know more than Kincaid had told me in her works, and perhaps to read them more closely as well to see what else was inherent in the works. Um, because as uh, Olive Senior, a Jamaican novelist, has said, what is on the page is only half of the story. So I wanted to look for the other half of the story. I wanted to find out what other people thought about Annie Drew. And so I threw everything else aside that I'd been planning to do and started looking for Annie. So you've been working on this project for what, maybe 15, 16 years? No, 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 no. 2008 I started. Okay, okay. And uh, the publication process was rather long. So probably I finished my first version of it around 2011 or 12. Okay. But with publication, lots of revisions and rewritings. And also when I thought I had it finished, Jamaica wrote another, published another book. And that book was so important to what I was doing that I had to add an afterword. So the right. process has yes. taken it, about seven years in total. Came out in June this year. Okay, mm -hmm. so you've been very immersed yes. in this topic. Absolutely. 
Well, how do you think the University of Richmond community could use this book? Well, I think it's a book that people will find very helpful, particularly in literature classes. Jamaica Kincaid now, as you know, is probably one of the most popular, well-known Caribbean writers. She's not quite in a class um, uh, with the Nobel Prize laureates, uh, Derek Walcott and um, B.S. Naipaul, but many more people that I talk to seem to be reading her than are familiar with the works of those writers. Uh, so certainly she's an important writer that will be treated, I'm sure, in women's literature, in Caribbean literature, and also in American literature. She's a part of uh, anthologies of American literature now. She came here when she was only 16, and so for many people, she's an African-American writer, not just an Antiguan uh, writer. Uh, so it's material that I think will be of interest to them, and... If they're studying the literature, they are, like most of the scholars of the literature, accepting everything Jamaica Kincaid has to say about her mother. And Kincaid herself makes it clear that uh, her memories wouldn't stand up in a court of law. That last part is a quotation, I think, directly uh, from her. And so she has taken author's privilege, as many people have, to um, give us, I hesitate to say the history or the biography of her mother because she would insist this is not what she's doing, but she's always writing about uh, her mother, really. And as I began my investigation, I um, started talking to Kincaid. I talked to, I went to Antigua, I talked to many of her friends and neighbors, her minister, uh, people she worked with in politics, uh, the rest of the family. Uh, so, you know, I got other views. I went and checked vital statistics and that sort of thing. And there's some things that I'm not even sure Jamaica Kincaid herself knew. For example, in her um, works, all of which are to some degree autobiographical. Her mother is married to a stepfather who was pretty much a father to Kincaid. And she has said, she doesn't remember when they married, but she thinks on one occasion, I think she said she was about three. Well, the fact of the matter is they were not married. They married after Kincaid left. And there are a number of issues, even her name, for example, some aspects of that we'll find different accounts of what she was uh, named. So there are lots of um, issues in Kincaid, as well as a few details and facts. Not that I think she simply changes them, but dates are not the same. Um, a few accounts, obviously, as with anyone's memories, Hers vary from some other uh, people's. And this was very interesting, too, because her mother was very annoyed sometimes by the way Kincaid remembered something. I'm not talking about the books so much now as recounting something. And she said to her one day, your mind long, you know. Um, so Kincaid is very much aware of uh, these issues. But 
I think students of Kincaid, as well as scholars of Kincaid, I think there are some things that obviously are going to have to be changed in some of the scholarly um, studies of Kincaid. Based from, on these findings. Exactly, yes, exactly. Yes. Um, as a librarian, I'm, of course, I'm always interested in the research process. Did you have access to any primary sources, such as letters or journals or photographs? A few, a few. I found only a couple of letters um, that her mother had written. Most of my research deals with oral accounts from people, uh, people who talked with me and quoted Annie themselves. Obviously, we know that uh, these kinds of quotations would not necessarily be word for word what Annie said, but somehow you have a sense of this woman as you hear the voice through other people, including, of course, Kincaid, who has her in everything. Right. So, um, um, no, I did have, I did find pictures. I did find, you know, the marriage certificate, the birth certificates, the mm -hmm. death certificates. I actually uh, went to look at um, those things. I went to her home. Um, and walked on that street, you know, and and there are some places there. Um, uh, for example, the tower that Jamaica Kincaid writes about uh, quite frequently. I didn't climb up in it, but right. I, took, <laughs> I took a picture. Right. Um, yeah. The um, doctor who is so prominent in my brother, the story of her brother's death from AIDS, uh, and is one of the few Antiguan characters, Antiguans, who have a prominent role in her literature. I mean, she writes about Antiguans generally, uh, but there are not many of them particularly identified who appear. And it was so wonderful to have an opportunity to talk with him, very fascinating uh, individual, to go into his office, which is in sight of Annie Drew's home, and to have him tell me about her walking there, him walking to the home, and so forth. So I was sort of following in the footsteps, in a way, to paraphrase right. Zora Neale Hurston. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But that's, well, that's about it. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us how this book is being received in the in the wider community. Well, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> that question makes me realize I need to get on the internet and see if there are any real reviews of it uh, yet. But I've been very pleased with some responses thus far. I've been to New Jersey for a couple of small book signings and readings. There was a very nice book signing here in Richmond. I went down to William & Mary for one. I'm going back to William & Mary, not for a book signing, but to talk about um, the, uh, the study. Um, and most exciting, I've been invited to Paris. Oh, for wow. a conference there, and uh, I'm going to be the main speaker. Oh, wonderful. So um, I'm delighted about that. I'm going down to University of Alabama in the spring. So a few opportunities have come up to yes. spread the word about the book. Yes, yes. Well, very exciting. Yes. Thank you. And my last question, how did library services support you in writing this book? Well, this library has been very helpful to me since I stepped on the campus in uh, 1992. Um, 
I'm not great with technology, and there's always something I want to find that I can't get my hands on. Interlibrary loan, of course, I'm sure has been sick of me through the years. And um, with this book, they were particularly helpful uh, to me. And oftentimes, I just call with a little problem I was having, and I'm always finding people who are great, gracefully saying, we'll get right back to you, and they'll find what I need and email it to me. And it's been very helpful here. I can call the library for a book, and they'll send it to the English department, and I go by and pick it up. So um, it's, it's been very uh, helpful to me. Of course, there have been other libraries that have been helpful as well. Um, I've, for example, uh, wanted to kind of trace something she writes about in one book um, in terms of where she decides to have her character living. And she really straight traces out a few streets and everything when the character goes to pick up her children. And I didn't have time to go back to Vermont, so I called the library there at the university, and they were actually able to confirm the passage there so that I could get a real sense in my mind of the geography of um, that particular situation. And what she had done uh, was to move the character, whom we would probably say represents Jamaica Kincaid, to a house right across the street uh, from where she lived. And she had her reasons for doing that, but it didn't seem to add up to me, but it's really across the street. And it's so funny, Jamaica Kincaid, is quite a gardener. Her garden is very important to her. If you read any of the interviews of Kincaid, you'll know how important that garden is to her. And in the book, she has the person go across the street to get certain things to transfer <laughs> to the home, new home that she has given her. Um, so, um, you know, libraries, of course, I love libraries anyway, uh, but Yes, this library and others right. well, have well, been very supportive. Great. I'm glad the, the whole circle of libraries can help. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. Dance, for your conversation. In Search of Annie Drew, Jamaica Kincaid's Mother and Muse is available in Boatwright Library and the University Bookstore.